There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org slash connect. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics platform you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. What you learn is that to get from zero to one, it's all about runway. Of course, you try to manage failure. You don't go out of your way to fail. But what you do is you recognize that you will. And what you really want to do is manage the cost of failure. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now, here's your host, Ron Sturbeth-Yong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are very excited because after having such a spectacular women's month, we're back to having dudes in the show. I, I, I miss my dudes. And the first person that I want to have back after the spectacular women's month, I have nothing against women's month, by the way. We featured amazing guests last month. But today, we're going to be talking to an amazing founder or again if not the founder his founder like in what he's doing because please employee number one the first two the alpha in this uh thing and we're gonna have 
the president and CEO of UBX Philippines. And I'm going to get this right because I practice this really well. Mr. John Januszczak of UBX. Again, John, thank you for being on Hustle Share. Did I murder your name? No. John, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you, you're, you're Polish. There you is, go. Uh, is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Marcin Gortat. That's where I learned it. <laughs> the Polish hammer. There's a reason why most people in the Philippines call me John Jay. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so there you go. But you, but you, you've nailed it. You know, congrats. Congrats. And again, I'd like to credit the most inspirational Polish that I've come across. Not really in person, but I say his name a lot. Marcin Gortat, who is now a retired NBA player. There you go. But again, uh, welcome to the show, John. Been very, very excited having you because I've watched several episodes of The Final Pitch Season Six Heroes Edition already, and I know how how you're you know coming into that show and what you're looking for. But before anything else, I want to find out what led UBX to what it is now, because today I'm going to ask you the million dollar question, John. What's your hustle? What's my hustle? Yeah, so let me tell you about UBX. Uh, my yeah. hustle is uh, is definitely UBX, uh, and I'm I'm not alone in this hustle. We have a, uh, currently we have about a hundred people wow. uh, with us at UBX. So uh, so we have a hundred of us who have UBX as as a hustle. So yeah. to to share the UBX story, we got to go back a few years. Okay, Union Bank, and it should be no secret that UBX was spun out uh, of Union Bank. And yep. we are the fintech venture studio and venture fund of Union Bank of the Philippines. Okay. Sorry, John, that's amazing that before anything else, I need you to buckle up because we're going to have right. to ride the hustle share time machine. There you go. Just a little bumpy, John. There you go. Because through this time machine, we're going to go all the way back across the Pacific and go to the six. Toronto, you know, and go all the way back. Because before you talk about and tell us what UBX stands for, what you guys pretty much do, right? I need to understand how you built this career, what your early influence is like, because you can't be given this big of a of a responsibility running a startup from the ground up, especially in a big, big digital bank, you know, not a digital first bank, technically, that's all really, you know, at the forefront of innovation all the time without having the ability to build your career and whatnot. So sure. tell me about your hustle at first. What was it like? You, you grew up in the Toronto area? Well, what was that like? Yeah, I, I did. I, I grew up uh, in Toronto, Ontario, okay. Canada. There it, you go. It's, it's the largest uh, city. Toronto's, a, you know, it's, it's not a big city by Manila or Asian standards. But by right. North American standards, uh, Toronto is a legitimately big city. But it's it's kind of like the only big city uh, in in Canada. Canada is a uh, is a very big place, uh, but yep. not a lot of people. <laughs> so, so, yep. so yeah, so there's lots of space for everybody. Uh, the, right. the downside is it's uh, it tends to be a little chilly. It tends to be yep. a little bit anything north of the 49th cold. parallel is a little chilly sometimes, right? Yeah. So so yeah, no, I grew up. Um, I grew up in in uh, Toronto. I went to university 
for astrophysics, actually. What? Um, yes, astrophysics. I did. Yeah, what I, is studying astrophysics? I've never encountered uh, anybody that took yeah, up astrophysics. Well, I don't even know if that course exists here in the Philippines. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's like physics applied okay. uh, to astronomy, uh, basically, wow. right? So, um, you know, a geophysicist would apply physics to geology. Um, right. and a lot of those people end up in in uh, in mining or industry supporting mining. So astrophysics is applying uh, the same laws of physics in the universe to to astronomy. And Got so uh, when I studied astrophysics, we did a lot of work experimentally through you know, the observatory. Um, and when I started, just I'm going to date myself. I know I only look about 25, but I'm a little older. Uh, I'm and, actually thinking 24. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ron. I appreciate that. I'll pay you. I'll pay you the, the required fee after no, the bro. show. <laughs> no, yeah. man. I look, I, I'm 32 and people are always like, how many kids do you have? Like, I'm not even married yet, bro. What's, what's <laughs> so, well, listen, let me, let me really date myself here for you. When I started studying, uh, astrophysics, we okay. would take uh, measurements by taking images of the, of, um, you know, for example, star clusters or, right. wow. or, or it might even be spectra of individual stars because we're studying, you know, the evolution of stellar atmospheres or something like that. It depends on what you're researching. That's amazing. When I, so when I started, we used film. Okay. So we would use, oh, wow. we would use big glass plates <laughs> uh, that were covered in emulsion and we would we would you know we'd go into a dark room and we'd cover them up oh with a black God. sheet and carry them to the telescope and mount these things but by the end by the end of my studies that had already uh, been digitized and we were wow. using uh, so towards the end of my my formal studies we were using uh, what are called uh, charge coupled devices and okay. the way uh, the way a charge coupled device works okay. is when light hits a, a pixel on this array of pixels, okay. uh, the photoelectric effect actually generates a current that is proportional to the intensity of the light. And basically, wow. I know that sounds... I have no uh, idea what that amazing. means. I put that in the show notes. Complicated. <laughs> but really, it's the digital version of taking a picture. And oh. the, the offspring uh, or the evolution of charge-coupled devices are literally the same chips that are in the cameras in your mobile phones today. It's, that it's, is amazing. That, that's how the technology has evolved. Now, when we started using these charge-coupled devices, of course, they... You know, today we talk about millions of pixels. This right, was like right. maybe thousands of pixels. It was okay. small. Um, and they were super expensive. Right. But the worst part was, so, you know, you take a picture with your mobile phone today. Right. Uh, you, you know, you take the picture, you look at it, you apply your filter, you upload it to Instagram or whatever. Back then, none of that software existed. Uh, yeah. So you, you basically uh, took an image with the CCD and basically you just had a lot of you just had a lot of electricity coming out the tail end of this thing and you needed to capture that as data uh, in a computer. And then we, you know, so we had to create, we had to just to use the device, we had to write the software to what? interpret the data. Yeah, that's right. So we, so I literally, you know, you were coding my, too. Well, I wasn't coding for the sake of coding. I was coding for the sake of getting a job done. And <laughs> wow. In, and in a way we were writing the first, uh, you know, image, uh -huh. you know, image processing software, right? Yeah. I mean, we weren't the only ones, of course, other people right. who were but using these devices early, were doing like the, the same thing. the forefront of innovation right there. 
So after that, so, so here's the thing. So I, at one point I had enough of school I had, you know, <laughs> and, and to be quite honest with you, if you, if, you know, I think the career path for someone in, in astrophysics is really to, to continue with re- research. It's yeah. probably an academic pursuit or go to um, NASA. Yeah. And so, you know, when I, when I decided that now, I, you know, I, I don't think the, I don't think academia is for me. I, you okay. know, I think it's time to do something different. Of course, if you go to the, uh, you know, you can do this, you can do this experiment today. You can go to monster.com or indeed, you and you can, you know, search for astrophysics. You're, there's not a lot that's going to come up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but what I discovered, what I discovered very quickly was that the, the coding skills, okay. uh, the, the programming uh, that I had done uh, in the scope of my research yeah. was very marketable. I discovered that that actually, mm-hmm. oh, there's a very big market for people with technology uh, capabilities. And so and so that's what I did. I, I, I got into technology. I uh, developed uh, systems uh, in in sure. in the sure. telecom industry. I worked insurance for a time and then I and then I worked in in commercial software. I actually in a way became a, a software or a technology professional and I worked in wow. commercial software development for years. That is amazing. Yeah. Now that what was interesting is that that and you know here's the sequence that gets us to the present day. Okay. I worked on software okay. uh, that helped businesses automate processes. Mm. So we developed software that, for example, you could draw a flowchart in the software and it would create an automated process from that flowchart. And then we added all kinds of nice bells and whistles, like mm-hmm. having the ability to simulate a process before you even tried to implement it. And a lot of data analytics on top of that. Right. And the industry where we found a lot of pickup for that mm-hmm. uh, was in financial services. So we had a lot of uh, bank and insurance clients. And uh, over time, um, you know, one of one of the uh, insurance companies, uh, you know, recruited me um, to, right. you know, as, as a technology expert um, mm-hmm. in this uh, business process uh, automation and analytics space. Uh, they recruited wow. me to their team. Mm-hmm. That company relocated me to the Philippines. Like oh, a lot so of companies, they, they ran a very here. large uh, global shared service right. center uh, from the Philippines. And from there, I took a position uh, with the uh, local operating unit of that company. So, so in this case, developing and selling insurance products in the Philippines for Filipinos. Wow! I was, uh, you know, I had the uh, the privilege there of working on a, a large distribution deal uh, with Union Bank, and so now there there's my connection to Union Bank. Uh, they were digitally transforming themselves. You know, not just talking about it but really and truly doing digital transformation in the most comprehensive and, and complete way uh, that I had seen. And to think that this was happening and that, uh, that just impressed that, you know, that just really impressed me. And I, uh, and anyways, I was, I, I you know, at, at one point I, I had an opportunity to, to join and I, I jumped at it, of course. Mm-hmm. So I joined Union Bank as a consultant and we worked on the strategy that ultimately led to the spinoff of UBX. of UBX. Now, yeah. before we take our first break, I want to understand from that point of view, because again, you, you're, 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 your career is science-driven, data-driven, that's just, you know, that just, just multiplying across every single stint that you go through. But this is something new. 
This is coming from zero to one. Yes, there's a union bank factor into that. But zero to one, regardless of where you are, and yeah. you know whether it's part of a big conglomerate or not, it's very difficult all the time. What was that adjustment like for you? Especially coming in, yes, you were here in the Philippines for seven years, eight years already. But zero to one in the Philippines, just like most startups also, is very difficult. How did you overcome that? Yeah. Well, I think you leverage on your experience. I think everybody, uh, you know, ultimately does that. And in the scope of working in commercial software, in the scope of, you know, a fairly decent career in finance, you know, if not in financial services, supporting financial services. Sure. You know, you start to understand what's required uh, to, to um, bring something to market and to sustain it. Okay. And you also start to get a sense of thinking about innovation at a at a higher level or at a meta level. And I yeah. and I guess my perspective, and and I'm not alone in this. This is a right. perspective shared by many. And of course, UBX is a venture studio and a venture fund. Other venture studios and other venture funds are basically structured, you know, along the same lines of thinking. Right. And that is that. If you're an entrepreneur, you do this once. If you are a venture capital fund, you invest in this multiple times. In our case, we're a venture studio. So we're doing this more than once, right? We're doing this with multiple ventures. Uh, but But you have to create an innovation pipeline. Basically, you need to create a, you know, call it a factory where you can get ideas tested as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Um, and test, you know, testing that. By the way, innovation is not innovation unless you get it to market and it passes right, some right. kind of a market test. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, ideas are cheap, um, but, uh, but you 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 got to you know. To me, innovation by definition means you kind of pass some kind of a market test. So yep. you got to create this factory that gets ideas to the market as quickly as possible to test them as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You could spend a long time and a lot of money, and I think this is what happened in the past. Right. You know, you, you you would spend a lot of time blueprinting something and, and you know, it might take years to get something to market. Uh, that is a very risky approach because if it doesn't work, you've spent a lot of money and a lot yeah. of time. Um, so, so the you know, again, you, you, you lean on that experience and what you realize uh-huh. is that, okay, we need a lot of ideas. Uh-huh. We need to pick the best ones. We need to get them to market as soon as, like, let's spend the least amount of money uh-huh. to test them in the market. Right. And then the ones that stick, let's spend a little bit more time and a little bit more money and a little bit more resources and see if we can, if see if they're sticky. Can we can Got we it. actually acquire huh? more demand? And and then okay, now we have that. Uh, now let's invest in scaling, you yeah. know, operations. Yeah. Now we can you know get the marketing people and the salespeople and and stand up you know an onboarding yeah. team and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, so that's it. And I guess, you know, to, to, to be more succinct, uh, uh-huh. what, you, what you learn is that to get from zero to one, it's all about runway. Of course, you try to manage failure. You don't go out of your way to fail. Uh, but what you do is you recognize that you will. You will fail uh-huh. despite your best efforts. And what you really want to do is manage the cost of failure. Absolutely. Okay. And by managing the cost of failure, you uh, effectively extend your runway and you give yourself more time. If you were a single venture, you give yourself more time to pivot. If you're a a venture funder, a venture studio, you 
you you have more money to invest in more ventures or companies in Correct. your portfolio. But it's the same principle. It's Absolutely. The same principle. I totally agree. Now, let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's talk about how you then created the portfolio companies. And I'm very keen to see how you're able to put that ethos and that whole mindset into play of doing zero to one, but at scale. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey guys, 2021 has been an exciting year for cryptocurrency because of Bitcoin getting all-time highs almost at a daily basis now. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I use this app called B21 to invest in my crypto assets. What I love about B21 is they've made it so easy for me to invest because I do not have the time to watch the charts and see the dynamic flows of all these crypto assets. And because it's so easy to use, I was able to make massive gains right when Bitcoin was making that bull run. Now, I don't want to be the only guy who's actually benefiting from this because as a hustler, you need to make your money work for you. So download the B21 app now in the Google Play and App Store and use the code HUSTLE to see how easy it is to use and invest in your cryptocurrency now. And we're back in the break. We're still with John Yanuschop. I still nailed it, John. There you go. Um, fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> I already know what you were going to say. <laughs> All right. But again, at the end of the day, like what I said, you had an amazing story again, coming in from Canada, you know, the working uh, in, in various different fields as, as project manager and whatnot, and really carrying on that excellence towards the years. But now we're here to do this at scale. You talked about how you, UBX was created. And I'm curious. So you, you mentioned about that ethos is zero to one. It's all about runway, right? When, when you guys did zero to one, again, from zero to one, there's a lot of things that did not exist. And I remember you before the uh, us pressing record telling me about how you, ha- you had to literally do a clean slate when doing the office for companies to thrive in. Can you talk about how bare everything was when you came in as employee number one? Yeah, well, we we didn't have an office. Um, you know, we had a, <laughs> we we had a we had a few people as we took a few ideas that you know we had been incubating uh, inside the bank, and we said, okay, well, we're going to spin these out and we're going to pursue them as as technology value propositions on their own. So we we had a handful of people, and uh, we knew, uh, you know, we 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 got funded, um, and uh, we we were going to leverage that to to build these portfolios and see, right. uh, see, see if they stuck, uh, in the market. And so, um, so we, we rented uh, half a floor, okay. uh, in, uh, in the union bank plaza. There you go. Right um, across our studio in Metro. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know it at the time, but I felt good about that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm, there's yeah. some dude that really yeah, is something, positive energy. Something, across the something going on here. Yeah. I feel like this is very, very oh, man. So when when we got the office, um, you know, at first we were saying, oh, you know, we, I mean, you see this in the news. You see the, right. the Google offices and the Apple offices, and you know, it, it's you know, obviously they're beautiful and they're they're you know very very high tech and right. obviously meant to attract you know a, a certain kind of profile. Yeah, and uh, by the way, we we love that too. I mean, we definitely uh, understand 
understand that. So we started thinking about that. Okay, how are we going to, you know, let's, we got to create an engaging office. But then we started thinking, no, you know, if, if we are, first of all, if we are a collection of startups because of our studio and our fund, right. and in a way we're starting UBX from, from zero as well. So yeah. UBX itself is kind of like a startup too. Absolutely. And we said, you know, a startup would be, you know, literally, uh, you know, the, the, fa- the, the, you know, it's the garage, right? Like we'd be literally starting in the garage. Right. And so we said, that's how we should do the office, right? That's the vibe we want. We want a vibe where we are starting out uh, in the garage, even though we're, you know, even though we're in, in an office tower. Right. And so what we did is we, it, it was an old call center that was in there. Okay. Uh, we literally scraped the carpet off the floor. Wow. We polished the concrete. We didn't do anything special. We just polished the concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took the drop ceiling down and we just spray painted the roof black, uh, you know, with all the pipes and all that exposed. Wow. And I think the coolest thing we did is we took all of these old cubicles mm-hmm. and we took them to the to the ninth floor of the parking garage and we had what? guys welding. We, we <laughs> took them apart and we welded these things into new furniture. Wow. Uh, and we even, wow. we even, there were, there were some office, there were some old offices um, uh. in the floor and we, we took the walls down and the, the, the doors, we actually converted the doors into our meeting room tables. That's amazing. Um, so that's, that's what we did. So, you know, we, 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 we saved a bit of money uh, doing that, which is great because we invested that, uh, into you know into recruiting people and into developing our value propositions. Got it. But ironically, uh, the space it it ended up being very nice, nice. Uh, but nice. but maintained that garage, uh, very garage, very kind of startup feel. Mm-hmm. And you know it, it's it's a it's an open space and uh, it it really fits with the values of our team. You know, very very open, very transparent. Um, so yeah, so that that's the office. Yeah. All right. There you go. Now I, I want to. Uh, the office is ticked off. Now, how did you surround yourself with the right founders? Because in a venture builder again approach, this is not spray and pray. Okay. Though you're doing a lot of ventures at the same time, there's a lot of intentionality over the type of people that you attract. Given that again, you have the API, you have the infrastructure to build on top of, and that's a sandbox technically of what you can build. But you know, it has to still. For sure, go gravitate towards the same ethos that Union Bank, the mother company, does. Now, I'm curious about the type of founders that you guys technically had, because that product ownership is very important for sure. And number two, what were the ventures that you guys came up with in in that process? That's a great question. Well, you're absolutely right. Whether you are a venture studio or a venture fund, at the end of the day, you are investing in founders. Exactly. Or, or, you know, in our venture studio, we like to call them uh, venture leads. There you go. Uh, and yeah, so we we had a multifaceted approach to this. Um, they were, there were people um, who, who came from the bank, um, mm-hmm. but wanted uh, to participate in a more, in, in, in more of a fintech startup uh, venture building uh, environment or capacity. And so uh, we had, uh, you know, some of our, venture leads or or senior members of our our various venture teams came from came from there and mm-hmm. and by the way that you know that that's a win win because yeah. the bank represents the, the the ecosystem of the bank or the ability for the ventures that we're building to leverage on 
not just the APIs and whatnot of the bank, but also the ecosystem of the bank. It, it kind of represents an unfair advantage absolutely. Um, that allows us to, to, to scale what we're building, maybe a little quicker than other fintechs or other ventures. Sure. So having people who came from that environment or that ecosystem for us uh, was important. So that's number one. Uh, we, we absolutely went out and hired people who were themselves founders in the past wow. um, and, and were looking for the next thing. Okay. And then uh, we have other people who, you know, they may not have been founders, but they've run a, they've run a business or they've worked in a very senior capacity at a, at a fintech, mm-hmm. uh, but not the bank. So, yeah, so those are the kind of profiles that we Got went it. out to acquire to, to help us build uh, the ventures that we're building. And then, of course, with our fund, uh, we are explicitly investing uh, oh. capital in founders who have started, uh, you know, started their own thing. But let me tell you about some of the ventures that we've built okay. in our studio. Yeah, because I think uh, that might be the, uh, well, they're all, ex- I got to tell you, they're, they're, they're all exciting stories, but, yep. uh, but let, let's, let, let me share some the of poster those. poster children. Who are these poster children that you're talking yeah. about? And, and I think it'll help explain, it'll make this concept of invisible banking um, a little bit more concrete as well, right? So okay. we started looking at digitally and financially underserved ecosystems. Yeah. And one of the ecosystems that we identified was the ecosystem of small, medium, and large enterprises. In fact, I'll even expand that. Micro, micro, small, wow. medium, and large enterprises. This is a community that um, it typically has been digitally underserved because they, they can't yeah. afford the technology, or even if yep. they could, it's difficult to, you know, I'm trying to run a business and now I got to learn about technology, right? right? right. So, so there's that. And then, of course, you know, financially, this is a community that has been perennially underserved. Uh, so it's over 99% of the companies in the Philippines are SMEs. Right. They, you know, they drive over 60% of the GDP, yet less than 10% of the lending that is extended from commercial banks actually goes to SMEs. So they are perennially underfunded, okay? Got it. And, you know, so there's a, there's a community that's digitally and financially underserved. And so... One of the platforms that we built was a digital lending platform because okay. they, uh, you know, especially from a credit perspective, they, you know, and I alluded to the lending s- statistic there, yeah. you know, their access to working capital. Very difficult. It's very difficult, right? So, so yeah, so we created a, an end-to-end digital lending platform specifically for SMEs. Okay. And we created a marketplace. You can actually go to ccap.ph, S-E-E-K-C-A-P.ph. Now, okay. in English, that's like seek capital. Right. Uh, but of course, in Tagalog, it's like ccap, like hard it's work. hustle. Yeah, hustle. hustle. It's hustle, there right? Go. There you go. And uh, so, so anyways, you can go to the website and you can uh, apply for a loan completely digitally. You can apply what? for a loan there. For how much? Yeah. How much? And, and again, this is Any, anywhere anywhere from fifty thousand pesos to twenty million pesos. You can oh you can apply for it. God. And it is a pandemic, right? At the end of the day, again, I, I went through the same process. Good luck with my credit score. I don't have that because especially as a startup, you don't have any credit correct, uh, correct. So, you know, to, to look at. Correct. But here everything's done digitally. You can do it at the comfort oh, of your yeah. home. Right. So what we do exactly? It's all done digitally. You don't. You don't even need a bank account, actually. Wow. Um, and through the website, we ask you to share some data, but we score. We score the SMEs against alternative data, not the traditional oh, data, and not not the comparables. 
papers, right? And then the, the credit is extended that way. Now, the platform is multi-sided. So okay. we have invited multiple lenders to share multiple products through the platform. So Union wow. Bank does lend through the platform, but they are, they, Union Bank is, is only one of 10 other lenders currently on the platform. Uh, because, you know, look, the, the, the SME ecosystem is a big ocean uh, and there's right. lots of room for everyone to fish. And quite frankly, not every lender will have the right product for every SME. And so we bring all the lenders together and we create this digital uh, lending experience. Now, it's funny that you mentioned the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, uh, what we were worried about was, oh, you know, uh, banks and, uh-huh. and finance companies are probably, uh, and understandably, they're going to tighten up credit a little right. bit. You know, they're going to be a little yep. more careful lending. Mm-hmm. And that's true. By the way, that, that absolutely happened. Right. But interestingly enough, the lenders, so so of course, there's lots of SMEs, there's lots of demand. But what mm-hmm. we discovered was the lenders, while they may be tightening up their credit policies and being a little more careful, uh, they're still in the business of lending and they still needed a way to reach the borrowers wow. under the pandemic. And so what we found was we had, you know, a lot of the lenders were coming to us and saying, look, we need a digital means of connecting with the borrowers that we still want to lend to. And, you know, it it kind of one offsets the other. So, Uh, so we, you know, we ended up being able to support a lot of SMEs, even under the pandemic. That's great. Now that's the platform, but let me tell you why we call that uh, an important ingredient to invisible banking or invisible financial services. Mm -hmm. While you can go to the website, What's really important is the engine behind the website. It's the platform. And the platform itself is embeddable. Wow. So one of the one of the platforms that we embed the CCAP lending platform into is Lazada. So what? if you are if you are a Lazada merchant, okay. If you are a merchant on Lazada, you're likely a you might actually be a big business, but you're likely an SME. Right. In the Lazada merchant experience, you can authorize the sharing of, for example, some of your sales data, and the lenders on our platform will leverage that data to score and qualify you in real time, on the spot. So literally, you know, you, you, you apply for a loan, you know, within the Lazada merchant experience. Yep. And in real time, you get a decision. And if you're approved, obviously, the money is uh, provided to you uh, electronically, uh, digitally at that point. We call it invisible because what matters to you as an e-commerce seller is selling of on a platform like Lazada or maybe your own web store. Mm. And so what we do is we embed, in this case, lending right. into the activity and the experience that truly matters to so you as to an SME, as an e-commerce seller. Yeah. So yeah. that's, so that's CCAP and that, that one's been wildly okay. uh, successful. Uh-huh. We, you know, we have, we have processed a, a huge volume of loans. And I think nice. uh, to your point with the pandemic, very understandable why that's, why that's happened. Right. Yeah. I, I'll give you another, another platform um, okay. that we, uh, or another venture that we built within our venture studio, and it's called Bucks, B-U-X. B-U-X, not the Milwaukee yeah, so, Bucks. 
This is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Toronto. So we yeah. the north. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. The, the Raptors, the Blue Jays. Yeah, we'll come up. Clear. It's the Raptors. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah, I'd um, rub it in. Uh. <laughs> so, so, so Bucks is obviously like money, Bucks, but it's also a play right. on UBX. If you rearrange UBX, yes, you yes. get Bucks. Okay. Uh, and what Bucks does is, so here's another thing. SMEs, they, they need to make it easy for people to pay them. If there's one thing as a business person that might be the most frustrating thing ever is you've got somebody who wants to buy something f- from you. Mm-hmm. And and you make it difficult for them to actually hand you money. That's got to be the right. you know that's got to be the worst thing ever, right? So, so what Bucks does, uh, and don't forget, in the Philippines, you know, 70 percent of the population remains unbanked. You know, it, it's in single digits uh, credit card penetration. So, you cannot count on somebody having a, a bank account, and you certainly cannot count on somebody having a credit card. Absolutely. So, how do you deal with it? So, what we did in Bucks is we aggregated the largest array of payment options and payment channels in the country. And and so we have aggregated over 60,000 over-the-counter cash locations, whether that's 7-Eleven or LBC or whatever. Uh, So we've we've aggregated, uh, you know, tens of thousands of over-the-counter cash locations. All the popular e-wallets, for people who do bank, we have online banking integrated into the platform. Nice. And of course, debit and credit cards for the people who have it. And so what we've done is we've aggregated the largest array of, of options. So basically, if I'm an SME, instead of having to, oh, okay, I need to have an agreement with this bank, I need to, you know, I might only process one credit card transaction a year, but you know, it's a big one, so I better have that. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's untenable. Right. You know, even a big company has trouble doing this. Correct. And so Correct. what we've done is we have aggregated all of these into a single platform. For large companies, we've put it behind a single API. So we talked about embedding. If I'm a large, maybe I'm a big, I come from insurance. Maybe I'm a big insurance company. Right. Well, I can use the Bucks API and I can just integrate this directly into my wow. app or into my website or into my statements or my invoices. Uh-huh. Uh, but for a small company... It could That's be as simple trope. as showing a QR code or giving a payment link. Absolutely. And basically, even though I might be the smallest company, I can accept as many payments as the largest company. And yeah. this is... It levels the whole it, playing field. And it levels the whole playing field. Digital is the great leveler. And you know, it's funny, I was talking to one of our merchants uh, in Mindanao. Wow. Uh, she runs a, a travel agency. Okay. And you know, it's funny... I, you know, talking about a, a business that's been impacted negatively by the pandemic, but uh, but they continue to do business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's one great thing about small businesses and entrepreneurs. There's always hustle. Yeah. And they augment, yeah. they augment their business with other business. And I'll get into that. I'll save that one for the last platform or venture that I want to share with you that we've built. Mm-hmm. Uh, so remind me, let's get back to that one. But anyway, she was telling me, she said, you know, what's great about Bucks is there's no way I'm going to go through the hassle of setting up the, the way it's traditionally done to accept credit cards because I literally might only get all my, everyone pays cash. I don't want to deal in cash. So now I can send them to the local pawn shop or cash counter. So that's great. But, you know, every now and then I have a, I, you know, maybe it's an OFW. I have a very yeah. expensive ticket and it it's paid for with a credit card. And in the past, I'd have to turn them away or ask them to go to a bank to deposit it. It's really cumbersome. 
Right. And now yeah. I can accept that payment. That's so amazing. it's, uh, you know, and, and when you hear stories like that, you realize that uh, not only are you making life easier for a critical component of our economy, SMEs driving over 60% of the GDP. Absolutely. Um, and I would even say during the pandemic, it's, it's the SMEs that have also stepped up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, to digitize quickly or as much as they can. And of course, that, that grit and that resilience, you know. Absolutely. And when I talk to somebody like that, you, you know that they are absolutely playing a material part in revitalizing our economy. So yeah, so you make it easier for them. You know that you're helping them make a difference. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that's the other benefit of doing what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're, we're creating profitable enterprises, but we're also, uh, we're also making sure that people who were excluded are now included. And we are making a, a material and a positive impact on truly inclusive prosperity. That is amazing. Now, on the third part that you were talking about, like the third... One uh, of the other ventures. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, have a, we have a number of ventures and I, I right. can't possibly get... How many have in total, uh, at least now? Yeah. So we have four ventures that we have taken to market. Okay. Wow. So I've talked about CCAP. I've talked about Bucks. Uh, we actually have our own e-commerce platform wow. called Centro. Centro. Yeah. So Centro, S-E-N-T-R-O dot P-H. Okay. Uh, okay. If you need to get online and you want to do it in the quickest way possible, I, I, I suggest that you go to centro.ph. Mm-hmm. It's free. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. go and, and set that up. Uh, we have eye to eye, which I'm going to talk about. I, I said, I wanted wow. to talk about yeah. one more venture and I'm going to talk about sure, that. One. Sure. But besides that, I talked about our innovation pipeline. And so we have a number of ventures in our, what we call our innovation garage mm-hmm. uh, or in our MVP stage, where we Got are it. just we Validating. are just in the process of testing them in the market and, and okay. bringing them to market. So we we haven't fully commercialized them yet, uh, but we we'll watch and we out. have a lot of yeah we have a lot of things uh, we have a lot of things cooking there. There you go. Yeah, I might I might let some of them out of the bag by accident. Okay, uh, so let's see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll do that. But let me talk about IDI. I want to talk okay. about IDI because I alluded to the the travel agent in uh, in Mindanao that uh, I was sharing the story about uh, about her ability to accept various forms of payment. Sure. Okay, so Itai. Let me tell you about Itai. We looked at financial inclusion. Sure. You know, at when we started, uh, this actually even preceded UBX, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Even at Union Bank, we were looking at financial inclusion. And one of the observations we had was that the financial service providers that were best positioned to serve the uh, heretofore financially excluded, the mm-hmm. unbanked, the underbanked, and, and, and these, these financial service providers, they could be regulated institutions, small banks like a thrift bank or a rural bank or a financial co-op, uh, but they're, they were often non-banking financial service providers. It might be uh, a business, a local business in the community that extends credit to people that they know or, or customers on demand. It could be like that. Um, but what we noticed is that all of these community-based financial service providers, for the most part, while they were in the best position to include the excluded or, or, or the unbanked or the underbanked, they themselves were excluded from the financial systems of the country. Mm. Okay, so, so while, you know, you and I might have an account at, at, at Union Bank or, mm. or, 
one of the other big banks. And if I want to send money to you, I can just, you know, I can do an Instapay from my bank app. And yes, you can which get is, it. By, by the way, free till now in Union Bank. I love yeah. it. Right. But if you're in uh, the middle of the countryside or in a remote location, um, you know, try doing that at a rural bank or at your, at your local co-op or, you know, even at, at a local business. It's, it's next to impossible. Yeah. And so what we did is we said, hey, you know what? Why don't we... You know, and, and by the way, a lot of people looked at this, this problem and it was, you know, it was always done like, okay, well, we got we to gotta digitize them. And then once they're digitized, they can join Instapay or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, once we digitize the business, they can get the device that would allow them to accept. And we said, no, no, let's do it the other way around. Let's create a network that connects all of these guys together. Very lightweight, but let's create a digital network that connects all of these people. And so, and, and what we ended up using was blockchain. Wow. We looked at blockchain and we said, look, what blockchain allows for, and in fact, one of the things that makes inclusion you know, expensive, I guess, is that you need, you need these large centralized trusted authorities, these large infrastructures. But we said, look, with blockchain, it provides trust by being Correct. a trustless mm-hmm. protocol yeah. and being decentralized. Mm-hmm. And the economics of that are very, very good for this problem. Correct. And so that's what we did. We created uh, what we call eye to eye, and it is a block. It it is effectively a real time distributed blockchain based dist- uh, a payment system. Wow. And it allows these uh, these community based financial service providers, whether they're a bank or not, it allows them to be connected. Uh, in real time, mm-hmm. um, you know, all, all they need is an internet connection, but it allows them wow. to be uh, connected in real time. So that's what we started with. But in the course, in the course of adding, uh, so we have, by the way, we have over 180 financial mm-hmm. institutions on the network today. Wow. Okay. Um, so when people talk about open banking, in a way, we've been doing that mm-hmm. for a couple of years now because right, we've got. Right. A huge number of financial institutions. Anybody can build on top of this. On the network already. The network is, you know, through Union Bank, the network is connected to Instapay mm-hmm. and to PesoNet. So, for example, I can be in, in, in the remotest island of the Philippines. And if the, if the local rural bank or financial co-op is connected to I2I, in real time, I can send money to your Union Bank account in Manila. Right. I, I, we can do that today. And that... That, that is a real game changer. What it's also done is by uh, signing up all of these individual financial institutions and independent financial service providers, mm-hmm. we've effectively created uh, you know, probably the largest or at least the fastest growing payments system mm-hmm. or network. Uh, you know, alone, these, the, you know, the thrift banks, the rural banks, alone, yep. they're not so big, but you put them all together. Uh, so if you put together all of the the institutions that are that are on I to I today, the number of locations. So if you, if you looked at all of their branches and yep. all of their locations, uh, it's well over. It's Strength the numbers. Two, it's, right, well, yeah. it's approaching two thousand. Yeah, that's by far the largest branch network of any bank in the country. That's great. So we have that. On top of that, we connect it to the domestic remittance rails. So the ability to to move money through that network to a a remittance cap counter like a Sabwana mm-hmm. or a Parahub uh, that exists mm-hmm. uh, as well. And so we've also effectively in the process created the largest uh, funds and cash distribution network 
in the country. So now if I'm a large, so think about this, I'm a large, I'll go, I'll use my insurance uh, experience again. If I'm a large insurance company in the Philippines and I need to get benefit payments Mm -hmm. or claims or income distributions to my policyholders across the country, you know, in the past, they might have, if I'm lucky, they might have a bank account. I'm probably going to be writing them a check. Um, they're probably going to have to take the check somewhere to get it cashed. And go, you right. know, God forbid what that process is like. Well, now today they can leverage the eye to eye network uh, to wow. disperse their funds. Yeah. Across the country. So it's almost like bucks, but in reverse. Nice. That's amazing. Now, I, I promised I would connect the dots. So let me connect the dots with the, the travel agent. There you go. That's their, that's their astrophysicist in you again, connecting the constellations right there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, connecting the stars. Okay. So all the stars align here. Yep. Of course, with the pandemic, uh, travel agencies and travel operators have been uh, adversely affected. There's no secret. It's It's been one of the industries that's been acutely affected. Mm-hmm. Um, but But entrepreneurs being entrepreneurs... So some of these travel agencies are in these remote communities. What we've been able to do is we've been able to make them or welcome them as agents to our eye-to-eye network, to our platform. And we we outfit them with an app and with a device. Mm-hmm. And they can now do cash disbursement. Um, from, so we are providing them with an alternative source of income. <sighs> You're going to have uh, to pay top dollar to even have this, this thing before. Yeah, and this is uh, you know it's it's really uh, easy for these guys to sign up and and provide another source of income. And again, more importantly, they are providing cash uh, and funds distribution in their community. So so think about the think about the other part of the pandemic here. I'm a pensioner. I'm I'm a four P recipient. I'm I'm going to get um, social amelioration uh, payments from the DSWD. If I have to travel to get that, I'm putting myself at risk. There's a safety factor here. And so by by providing these uh, adversely affected merchants uh, with another income generating opportunity, they are also providing service to the community by making funds available close to home. So it makes access to cash safer, Mm -hmm. more convenient, and at the end of the day, uh, much less expense to the people who truly need uh, the funds. So a real win-win-win, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Triple whammy right there. But before we talk about what else UBX can actually give to founders and what ventures we can also build, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll be talking about a lot more about that. Let's talk about that more after the break. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. And we're back. We're break. We're, done. we're still with John Jay. Okay, I'm not gonna try. I, I got a two. I got him two for two. I'm not gonna try and mess it up. So I'll 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 take I'll take a walk. You know, I, I'm not gonna try to swing for the fences and mess it up. I'll I'll, I'll take a <laughs> I'll walk from here point. On. John Jay. There you go, there John you go. Jay. All right. So again, John, thanks for for telling us exactly what what 
Union Bank and what the, it's amazing what you guys have ever been able to do. But I know this is just the start because, you know, recently, again, you just joined the final pitch season six heroes edition. And I know you've been still on the lookout for more venture leads or founders and also startups that, that deserve to be in the ecosystem of UBX. Talk to us first about what type of startups you look for if they, they you'd be interested to, to, yeah. to support them. Yeah, so our, our thesis or our hypothesis is a future of invisible banking. So we are, uh, ostensibly, we are looking for ideas or talent or existing ventures that we can invest into where they are pursuing the development of platforms for uh, digitally or financially underserved communities or ecosystems, uh, number one. Uh, or number two, they are building technology that aggregates or virtualizes financial services so that we can we can aggregate them into those those platforms that I just mentioned, or perhaps uh, the platforms of others that that are already digitally supporting the activities or the experiences that truly matter to individuals or businesses. Yeah, so that's that's the what of what we're looking for from a from a subject matter perspective. Yeah. Got it. Now, and, and the founders that you look for, uh, is there a specific thing? Because you, you mentioned the, in, the cur- in the current roster, there's, they used to be from the, the bank. They used to be entrepreneurs or existing entrepreneurs. What are the characteristics of the founders that you look for? Because at the end of the day, you, you mentioned it earlier today, that it's founder-driven. You know, because if it's personal to you, you have accountability, you're obsessed, and you know, yeah. that's what drives the business. Yeah. So ideally we're looking for people who who have been founders before. Got it. Right. And I suppose you could say ideally they have successfully uh, started a company Got it. Uh, and brought it to market. But even if they haven't succeeded, uh, they have still learned through experience. Yes. And and so, of course, people who have been founders in the past uh, would be a profile that we're very interested in. People who have run a business mm-hmm. would be people that we're interested in because don't forget, I talked about that innovation pipeline and the right, you know, the, the profile that's required changes as a company evolves. Right. We have brought several ventures, for example, to market. We have invested in ventures of, of other founders who have brought ideas to market and, and nice. they're, you know, they're, they're post-revenue, they're making money. At a certain point, these companies or these ventures have to scale and that, that might be a slightly different kind of profile. And so people who have run a business, you know, they, they are likely to understand what it means to balance you know, distribution versus risk versus operations. And so that's a profile that's interesting to us from a personality or a characteristic perspective, um, you know, the, the perennial favorites, I think, are people who have grit, who, who have demonstrated yes. perseverance, who demonstrate hustle. There you um, go. You know, uh, the listeners I, of this I, podcast, I, most of them are you hustlers. Know, listen, anyone can tell me why they can't do something. What I'm really interested <laughs> in, is, this is what I want to do. Tell me how I can do it. And, and right. I think that is a, a, a personality trait or a characteristic that we're looking for. But I think if I could, if I could kind of bring it up a level, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe in diversity. And, uh, you know, diversity is, uh, well, I mean, I'm a Canadian in the Philippines, but diver- you know, that's, that's just but one aspect of diversity. Diversity includes diversity in background, 
work background and work experience, diversity in the industries that we come from. Right. You know, the ability to connect dots across different domains is immensely right. powerful and immensely valuable. And so, so whether it's a founder, whether it's someone who's run a company, whether it's somebody from, uh, you know, a, a cre- you know, maybe they're just from, I, I'm making this up, they're from a, they're from music or something that's just very creative versus financial right. services. But that diversity in background and experience in thought, um, I think ultimately can pay off big time because you bring new ideas, new ways of thinking to perhaps older, you know, older perennial problems. And so I think that's another bit of our secret sauce, diversity. Now, I want to pay it forward and now ask you, you know, special bits of advice because you've, you've really shown again that you can actually get this done at scale. And let's pay it back to the founders that are listening to this. Right? What would be your advice for those founders who might have tried before? I don't know. It, it, most of them fail. I am one example of that. My, my first startup failed, right? Okay. But out of necessity, because I have bills to pay and I have no money to pay them, I had to push my way back up. But for those people yeah. who are down in the dumps right now, especially in the pandemic, a lot, of, a lot of it is luck actually being the right industry at the right time. But if they happen to be one of those unlucky ones and they're like, all right, could I still do entrepreneurship, the startup thing again? And after hearing this or after a friend has heard this and someone told them about this, what would be your advice for them to, to try it out again? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me, let me give a, a scientific answer and then a philosophical there answer. There you go. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so the, and by the way, I'm using the word science very loosely here, but I think it's important that you demonstrate that there is a pain point that you're solving for, that that pain point is real. Right. And often that be, that comes from scratching your own itch, right? You you have a you have a personal it has to be pain personal. point, yeah. And it and it turns out that many people share that, but you have to validate that many people share that. Sure. And then you design around that, and you you want to prove that you have product uh, market fit. And right. you know, ultimately, if you don't have somebody, if you can't prove that there is a real customer who will pay real money. It's going to be very difficult. So, you know, again, the name of the game is, you know, and, and I say it like this to, to the people on our team. What's the $100, 100-hour experiment that will prove that other people share this pain point? What's the $100, right. 100-hour experiment that will prove that somebody might buy the solution that you have for addressing that? So I guess the, this part of my answer is uh, go back to fundamentals and prove uh, that you are solving a pain point that many people have, and that your way of addressing that is something that people might pay for. And and I would probably do the the cheapest experiment that proves uh, those points. So that's number one. And then of course from there, if you have that, it is actually not going to be difficult. Uh, it might feel difficult, but truly there is a huge venture capital community. There are people like UBX now that are setting up venture yep. studios. They realize that the, 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 the Philippines represents a huge pool of talent, yep. a huge pool of entrepreneurs, and a huge market opportunity. And so I think if you have those things, there is a, a very large community of people who are willing. And if they're not willing, they want to. They want to invest Got in it. something. So, so that's that's the scientific answer or the more scientific answer. But let me give you the philosophical 
Okay, there you go, Plato. <laughs> uh, and, and this, you know, this is something that I, you know, that I have learned or I've had to learn myself over and over again. And I think that, I think that people often, uh, and it's not just entrepreneurs, I think this is general, but, but let's just, you know, entrepreneurs in particular. I think we often mistake the having for the being. And let me tell you, let me tell you what I think, what, what that means, okay? okay? We often think that when we have something, then we can be something, okay? So when I have the funding, then I can be the successful company. Yeah. When I have the best basketball shoes, the best running shoes, I can be a great basketball player. Right. When I have the best guitar, I can be a great musician. But that is actually wrong. That is actually backwards. It's the other way around. When I use the worst guitar that I could find or afford, but I persist and I become a great musician, I will then earn the right or the money to have the best guitar. You know, when I play street basketball and I become a great basketball player, I will earn a spot on a great team and I will, I will then have the great shoes and the great equipment. Right. When I am, when my being is an entrepreneur who has the grit and the perseverance and identifies that, that pain point that no one else has identified or they, have, they haven't identified a novel approach to addressing it, right? When I am that person, then I will have the funding and I will build the company and I will have the company. So the being comes before the having. I mean, I know there are cases of the other way around, but really it's wow. the being that comes first. And you know, it reminds me, it reminds me of a very famous quote. Now I'm going to get the quote wrong. So you can just, you know, everyone can just go on to Google and look. <laughs> we'll get it in the show uh, notes. I so, yeah, by the way, I suppose I could do it right now, but I'm not going to, I'm just okay. going to be lazy here. Um, <laughs> Richard Branson, uh, who is the um, Virgin, the founder of Virgin, he had a quote, and of course I'm going to misquote this. So again, look right. it up. But the quote was like, "People tell me because I have a successful business, because I have a lot of money, I can now be, or I must be, very happy." And and what Richard Branson said was, "They've got it all wrong. I, Richard Branson, by my very nature, am." I am a very happy person and it's because I am happy that I have been able to create successful businesses and to become a very wealthy, a very wealthy man. And so that, that, that I think is the ultimate expression of the importance of understanding the distinction and the difference between the having and the being. That is amazing. Again, John, thank you so much for being on Hustle Share and providing such great wisdom. And we're very excited for what you're going to be doing in UBX and what else is going to be released out of the sandbox. But before I let you go, invite people over and what they need to do. And if they, they want to reach out, they want to pitch you and, you know, you know uh, show, show what they can do, per se. What do they do yep. and how do they do that? Yep, yep. So we're at ubx.ph. We are, uh, we are always interested in uh, 
in hearing uh, about uh, entrepreneurs, new ideas, talent, and ventures that you might be building. You know, it's not hard to, to find us on LinkedIn, uh, but hello at, hello at ubx.ph will always work. There you go. Um, I encourage uh, every, to, to kind of get a flavor for what we're doing. You know, you can go to i.i.ph to see what we've done with our i.i. venture. You can go to centro.ph for our e-commerce platform, bucks.ph uh, for our payments platform, and of course, ccap.ph for our our uh, lending platform, our embeddable lending platform. And that will give you a, a flavor um, of what we're doing. We have an innovation garage and what we what we are now doing, we have a program where on a quarterly basis, we run an innovation round. And so for, wow. for our founders and for entrepreneurs who may not yet have a company, but they have an idea, they, they've identified that pain point, maybe they've done a little bit of experimentation on their own, but they want to, uh, they want some help in carrying that forward. You can absolutely apply for our innovation garage. Uh, and if you are selected, uh, first of all, it's a great way to get to know us and to get connected. But if you are selected, what we do is we advance a small amount of, of funding. And we, more important than the funding, we provide the resources uh, to help you take that idea uh, to a working prototype um, that you can, um, that, that's actually usable by by customers. And, uh, and so that we run that on our uh, on a quarterly basis and our next innovation round right now is planned for for june so it's a great time to start uh, reaching out yes. and for us to get to know who you are yeah. reach out add john j again on on linkedin and send that email to hello at dbx.com yeah. always uh you know listen the, the the entrepreneurs and the founders of this country have always played a critical role and, and i've shared some of the some of the the economic statistics but especially right. under uh, under COVID and the pandemic, and now looking beyond the pandemic, it will be the entrepreneurs and the founders yep. uh, that play a critical role in reinventing our economy and revitalizing our economy. So it's, uh, Ron, listen, it's a privilege to be here with you, and Thanks it's a privilege so to use your channel mm -hmm. uh, to speak to the founders, to the entrepreneurs, to the hustlers that are out there. It's, it's really and, been my privilege. Thank you. Uh, and it is my pleasure as well. But before I let you go, follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And again, if we did say some show notes, if we did say some jargon, not show notes, jargon, if, if we went astrophysician a little bit more, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. <laughs> and, and also, if you want to be part of the community, there's going to be a Hustle Share community on Facebook. So you can also contribute on how you want to grow the show. And lastly, message us on our chatbot at m.me slash hustleshare, powered by chatbotph, to suggest some guests in the show. Again, John Jay, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. I'll see you guys next episode. Peace. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter 
Center has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. <laughs> 